Hey folks, welcome to a special bonus DC3 cast. Vince is on vacation this week, but Zach and I are here to recap the wonders of DC's Fandome Day 1, also known as Fandome Hall of Heroes. Uh, before we start with sort of what was announced, Zach, did you um, did you actually tune into any Fandome stuff? Um, so I checked in a little bit throughout the day. I actually found it uh, the user experience not great. Um, maybe this is just me. I was like trying to follow along on my phone, and I would like queue up the link here and there and get invariably taken to either like the main page that had the stream and every time i would reload in i'd have to watch the same like 30 second intro which was really annoying <laughs> or i would get pulled i guess i would like click the wrong link and get pulled to the schedule the scheduler where you could kind of go in and and pick the things that you wanted to watch but it didn't seem that you could like then link to those things. It, it, it felt very unintuitive. And so, so I mostly just followed it on Twitter. Yeah. Supposedly you were supposed to do it from your desktop. Okay. Which is just insane to me because most people I know just, um, you know, <laughs> do most stuff on their phones when it comes to like, streaming content like that. I think if it's a movie or something, maybe you're going to want a bigger screen. But if you're just watching essentially Comic-Con panels, I don't know why – you need it to be on a desktop experience. Sure. Um, but I actually had some family, uh, I don't want to say issues. That's not the right word. We, we had family stuff going on that day. My daughter made her first communion that day. So it was, oh. we, we, had, we had a little, we had my grand, uh, her grandparents over the house. So I didn't, I was like blissfully unaware of fandom stuff until I'd get a ping on my phone from you or Vince telling me something that was happening at fandom. So I actually forgot it was even happening just because, you know, we had, we had, more important things around the Salvatore house. Much more important than getting Dome at the Fandom. <laughs> exactly. So um, so let's kind of dig in. There really were only two bits of comic news that, that I would consider relevant. I mean, I know they announced uh, that, you know, um, there's, a new, there's a new Wonder Woman 80th anniversary logo. I don't think we have to talk about that logo. I, I didn't. I didn't even see that actually. So <laughs> it's a nice logo. It's fine. Okay. But, you know, it's a logo. Um, but the, the the two big bits of information were were both things that had been teased or talked about for a long time, but are now official. And I want to start with what I think is the more important one, which is the return of Milestone Comics. Um, I, I I'm going to guess that both you and I were vaguely aware of Milestone either when it was happening or shortly after it ended, but neither of us have been as, were as deep in comics when Milestone was happening as we will be when it relaunches next year. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, definitely. So I actually think, like, I became of became aware of Milestone the same way I think a lot of people in my age range did which is through the static shock cartoon right um which i didn't watch very much mostly because i think it came on the wb which i did not have access to as a child so like it wasn't in I, your I, area or like your parents wouldn't let you watch the wb i know we it like we just didn't it wasn't like on our um available channels or maybe okay. you had to like pay extra for it i don't know it we yeah i just didn't have the wb growing up so mm-hmm. um uh, so I, I, I caught like a few episodes here and there. They would like play on syndication on like other channels sometimes, but that that was how I f- was familiar with, with 
milestone and then like getting into comics kind of in the mid 2000s there was a little bit of a resurgence i think um uh Dwayne mcduffie you know had that run on justice league that reintroduced mm-hmm. milestone into the dcu post final crisis which mm-hmm. was really cool um and then I, I remember, you know, in 2015, there was the announcement that they were going to get like another line um, and and have kind of been like waiting for that since then. Yes, there, there was an, a very unfortunate lawsuit where um, I want to say it was Dwayne McDuffie's uh, widow was mm-hmm. not getting properly compensated for the McDuffie estate's portion of the the milestone financial something like that I, you know i think that's right yeah i i read up on it a little bit it, this weekend and i think that's right it, it seemed like it was a really unfortunate thing because i i think one of the really nice things about milestone is when you hear people talk about it they talk about how working there was a very familial atmosphere and how it was very tight-knit and so to hear people squabbling about money and i, I don't use squabbling in terms of making it that it's not important to to just to see financial disputes among these people who at one point were you know essentially family to one another. It's just it's sad to see that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, but you know, but that seems to have been resolved now. And so there's two parts of this announcement. The first is that they're going to start digitizing the milestone comics and making them available. The old milestone comics. And then you're going to see new milestone comics that are going to begin their lives as digital first books. Um, there's there's kind of a lot to unpack there, so let's start with the reprints first. I mean, I I know that if you go into you know comic shops or go to conventions or whatever, you can find milestone comics still. But it's been a long time since there has been real availability for those classic stories. So I think it's very cool that they are doing that. My question for you is, do you think this is going to be something we're going to see on DC Universe? Or are these going to be just uh, new, uh, you know, via Comixology or, or other digital platforms? I, I feel like we'll see them first on Comixology and, and digital platforms um, like Kindle and stuff. Um, initially, I, I could see eventually them showing up on DC Universe, but I, I think that they'll kind of have like their initial run as kind of a, a premium paid content thing, which is totally fine. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm really, ex- this is actually like almost more exciting to me than the new stuff in mm-hmm. a, in a way, because like, I feel like, you know, collections have just gotten so much better over the past 10 to 20 years. And we'll probably get some like really meaty, um, you know, all, all inclusive, collections of some of these runs and i'm really excited to see that um so and and to be able to read that uh read that stuff like you know we've been revisiting a lot of comics from the the 90s and and (laughs) i've been enjoying it a lot and i'm i'm excited to see this stuff because like some of those creators are just great and they were you know in their prime doing doing some of that stuff then and so I'm, i'm really excited to to get to experience that stuff. Yeah, I think it's a very cool idea to to bring all these back in in print and specifically digitally. You know, one of the things that, that I, I I think is just um, sort of I don't want to say necessary, but for somebody who was my age in the the mid nineties when this was at its peak, 
you know, I was I was like 13 in 1995, right? So I I had a very small comics budget, and I stretched that budget as far as I could, but I was not buying Milestone comics at the time, partly because I honestly think that, you know, my younger self would um, would not have known to check them out, and there wasn't somebody in my life telling me, oh, this stuff is really good. I probably saw ads and comics for it, and that's about as far as my Milestone knowledge went. Um, but I feel like this is a really big part of sort of the, the comics boom of the 90s that hasn't been as discussed or celebrated because they've been harder to read. So I'm looking forward to reevaluating 90s comics, not just me personally, but sort of as a, you know, just looking, looking industry-wide at what Milestone did for comics and be able to actually read those comics as opposed to just having this, like, vague sense of what those stories were like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited for that reason as well. Um, and then, you know, the digital first comics, this is, I think, a, a more interesting. I think there might be some some different opinions here, maybe not between you and me, but I think that people could see the idea of digital first milestone comics as being either a good thing or a bad thing, sort of depending where you stand on digital comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, you, me and Vince have have debated this matter quite a bit of whether DC treats its digital first comics with the same uh, care as it does its its print first comics. And so on one hand, you could see this as DC not putting the proper resources behind Milestone and limiting it to, quote, just digital first comics. On the other hand, if DC is supposed to be moving in a more digital uh, realm, this maybe will be the first chance to see what DC can do with those, with a digital, with with a more robust digital first platform. Where do you fall on this? So it's actually really funny. Um, you know, we had that conversation a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago, about kind of, you know, the our response to the big DC shakeup and, and what it might mean. And we talked about um, the move to digital. And I, you know, just kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit, I wonder if this is kind of the first signs of that. Um, because not only, you know, so they announced the, the digital first static shot comic. They also announced, and this is, this was maybe like the most bizarre announcement, but they announced the 24 hour only milestone number zero, which yes. is going to be a, a digital comic that is only available to read for 24 hours. I think that is really weird and not, not good. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't so see the point in that. That is during um, the second day of fandom. Uh, sure. So sure. I, I think there, I, what I think will happen is it will be available during fandom and then maybe like right before static shock number one comes out. Maybe it, and they'll be... have to make it available again. Yes. I, that, yeah. Um, but also they did announce that there's going to be a static shock OGN and I think a rocket and icon OGN. I, for, I forget um, if the rocket and icon is an OGN or if that's going to be a digital first series, I, but yes, there was I can't something remember that... if they, yeah, I can't remember if they clarified on that, but yeah. Um, but so digital and OGN, which is kind of what we said, right? Um, yeah. That things might be coming to, and um, I'm really excited about that. I don't, I don't think you have to have a monthly physical comic for something to like get attention and to do well. So I'm, I'm fine with this. I actually like really kind of like this format. Um, 
So well, you know, we'll we've, see. T- we, we've talked for, you know, and by we, I mean both the DC3 and also just comics uh, media in general. We've talked about sort of this mythical new fan, right? Getting new fans into a comic shop. And I feel like if you're doing OGNs and digital, the barrier for new fan is much lower because comiXology is so integrated with Amazon and, um, you know, and people still, you know, in non-pandemic times, people still go to bookstores. Uh, Barnes & Noble are still a thing. Amazon is a huge bookseller. So these things might be easier to come by for that mythical new fan in these formats than it would be if it was just a strictly a, a floppy monthly comic. Sure. Um, I also wonder how much of this, and this is going to come off sounding more cynical than I think I want it to, but I wonder how much of this is is going to be, that DC is going to emphasize for being a primarily black company in terms of its its initial creators. And and I think that's one of the great things about Milestone is that it was a a diverse group of creators and characters that it rather it rather it brought diversity to dc both in terms of its creators and its characters um mm-hmm. and i think that that is very much needed today and it's a it's a nice bit of publicity for dc to be able to point to this more progressive um you know uh approach to comics that really was incredibly progressive when it when it started you know almost 30 years ago or 25 years ago uh, rather than than now, but I I wonder if focusing on things that a mainstream uh, focusing on product that a more mainstream audience could easily get for something that is going to likely get mainstream publicity because of its um because of sort of the implications of bringing back milestone I think that's a smart move as well. Yeah, I I think so too. And... I hope it didn't come off sounding too cynical. I really don't mean it that way. No, no, I get I get what you're saying. Like anytime you're talking about kind of brand it, it can come off like brands are capitalizing on both like ca- capitalizing and and even sometimes like exploiting like black voices. Yes. And and being like to seem progressive, but also at the same time like it is good to like highlight, you know, the voices of, of people of color. And, you know, I, I kind of think that the way Jim Lee has talked about it, it does kind of seem like that's what they're going to do, which, which is good. I, I don't think it's like a bad thing in, in <laughs> right. any like, you know, and, and I think they announced that the static shock series is starting in January, right? February, February. February. Okay, so February. So it'll be starting like in Black History Month. Yes. So like that seems like a no-brainer, you know, like you really highlight that both like the history of you know, Milestone as a as a you know, predominantly, you know, minority-led comic book initiative, you know, the history of these characters, the history of like um, you know, minority creators in comics, like it seems like a yeah, like I said, kind of just like a no-brainer, I guess, from like a branding perspective, I guess. Right. right. Yeah. It, fa- it's, it it seems icky to talk about it that way. It but... really does, and I like hate it. It's like the same with like Pride Month and and yes. you know all of the like ads and and content that that is just like, do you care or is this about money? Um, right, exactly. But like yeah. you said, also 
you know, if this if this gets more eyes on what what are by all accounts very good comics mm-hmm. by people whose voices should be amplified, this is a good thing. Yeah. So let let's move on to the other big comics announcement, which in in a way is is sort of tied into this one, which is definitely um you know there was there was a rumor that during uh during five G, the the great lost uh DC event, uh there was going to be a new Batman and it was going to be a a black Batman and there was talk there was going to be Luke Fox Lucius Fox's son, who we most recently saw as Batwing in the later New 52 Batwing issues. And the rumor is that this is going to be written by John Ridley, who is writing the other history of the DC Universe, which comes out in November, and, um, you know, and uh, was the screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave. And then 12G didn't happen. But we are now seeing that this is this is happening. This is uh, it's going to be a four-issue miniseries with art by Nick Darrington, who is, we know from his work on... Uh, Doom Patrol, who is excellent, and Multobane. yes, Multobane. and um, you know that this is going to be a, a miniseries that is going to introduce a Black Batman. Now, it's he, I think he said on Twitter there's like a more than forty seven percent chance that it will be a person a, of color. Uh, yes, <laughs> a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Um, and he says you know, the 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 series will uh, focus on the family of Lucius Fox, so it, it's it's probably going to be Luke Fox, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm interested in both the fact that they're printing this, the fact that it looks like it's going to be happening alongside the current Batman run, and yeah. that. And I'm just wondering if this is going to be a one-time thing, if we're going to see this character integrated more into the DC universe. And something you had texted us, which was asking if we think we're going to see more of these 5G characters and stories still popping up elsewhere. So go off for a second. What do you think about this? Well, one, I'm just like so glad it's happening, especially getting the you know, the announcement that Nick Darrington is going to be doing the art, which is fantastic. You know, he, you mentioned Doom Patrol, but he also did the Batman universe with Bendis. And that's so good. Like his Batman is so good. And so this is just a insanely good pairing. Um, And it, it really does seem like, you know, just being a four issue mini, we don't know if they'll, they'll maybe be oversized issues or something or really kind of what the format will be, but it does kind of seem like, okay, this is the, initial 5g pitch that's going to get repurposed and repackaged and um you know at this point i think whether or not it is going to be in continuity or not is not not quite irrelevant but we just we don't even know like what continuity for dc is going to look like post death metal so i'm just really glad that it's like being released and then we're going to get to read it and then kind of yeah like i had texted you i really wonder if it if it does well and you know, whatever that means, do whatever doing well means, <laughs> right. If it, if it would open the door for maybe some of those other five G p- pitches to get, to see the light of day, you know, will right. we get a four issue mini series where captain boomerang jr is the flash. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what we're all about here. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. Uh, which I, I mean, that'd be really cool. I, uh, by all accounts, it seems like the creators were, you know, paid for that, work and it's out there and exists so 
DC, why not? What do you have to lose by by giving us that story? Um, right, right. I mean, I hope that this means that some of these characters will be integrated into the DC universe. Because you know, yeah, I hope so too. Wouldn't it be funny if five G like ends up happening still in in like <laughs> in just drips a different and drabs. bizarre way? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just yeah, they just drip it out, and it's not this like full line wide thing, but um, it would be very funny. It it would be very funny. Um, yeah, you know, I I am such a continuity whore. I love, I love the messed up continuity of comics. I love having. Uh, I, when I recently spoke to Brian Bendis, I said that you know his Young Justice book is him fighting with continuity, and I like that stuff, right? And I, I like mm-hmm. big, tense continuity. So I, I think there should be multiple Batmans flying around. And if Ridley and Darrington are doing a good book, man, I'm there. So does it matter if it's a continuity? Not really, but it's a sort of it's sort of a sign of DC's commitment to it if it is in continuity. Yeah, it's almost like. It's really funny um, because, you you know, you think about this new 5G Batman who may or not be Luke Fox and kind of when the rumors started swirling, we initially thought maybe it would be Duke yep. in the cowl. And then you think about how we recently had that uh, Signal miniseries, which for all intents and purposes was in continuity. But like, what does that even mean or matter? Because no right. one has referenced or like done anything with that. So um if this ends up existing in the same place as that signal mini series you know at least we've gotten it and get to read it but if it comes out and it is well received and other creators respond well to it and want to incorporate things from it into their books then you know it's like continuity is just like whatever people like and decide that they want to use like right. like killing joke was not supposed to be in continuity but it, everyone liked it, has it so now it is. Yeah. yeah, everyone liked it. <laughs> and and, um, and as we see in the upcoming Three Jokers, is very much in continuity. Um, Spoiler alert. So, yeah. Uh, will this come out? <laughs> this will come this out will tomorrow. Be out. It'll be out then. The same day that Three Jokers comes out, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. I timed it perfectly. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think it's I think it's all malleable, and, and I, I think that it's something that could potentially do really well. And, and I'm glad that it's coming out. Me too. Um, yeah, I, I think you've, you've pretty much said it all. So we're going to do a quick tour through the movie news of Fandome. Um, I guess starting with the Batman, the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, uh, Batman movie. Uh, my chemical batman my chemical batman is i believe that is the official term of the dc3 cast we're gonna stick with it uh, i've seen it elsewhere too but you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna adopt that i i have mixed feelings on this how do you feel about this um i mean like i'm kind of excited about it a little bit mostly because i just I want this to just be crazy. I want this Batman to just be just so I I don't want this to be like Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I want this to be like, actually, I guess I kind of want it to be that like plus the Tim Burton Batman. That's what, and I almost kind of think we're getting a little bit of that. Um, What does that mean? (laughs) 
<laughs> like just like a fever dream. Okay. Okay. I I want I want it to be just wacky, and just so and it and so over the top and it kind of seems like this this Batman. I I don't know. I think a lot of people are maybe like reading in a little bit more just on the aesthetic than is really present in the in the text of the trailer. I think the trailer itself is kind of just by the numbers what you would expect. Yes. Um, but the cast is good. The cast is very I, good. I like the Riddler as a villain. Um, mostly I'm just getting like so excited because I've seen people like uh, – like fan casting this as a trilogy and making the end RIP and getting to see the Robert Pattinson Batman of Zurin R. And I'm just like, absolutely. <laughs> yes, please. Absolutely. Like, that's what I want. Um, I, I saw, um, Justin Jordan on Facebook say that he wants, uh, <laughs> and this is, this is both brilliant. Uh, it's, it's brilliant for like three reasons, but I'm blanking on her name. Who's Robert Pattinson's ex who was in Twilight with him? Uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He wants Kristen Stewart to be the Joker in this in this uh, universe, <laughs> and I am I am totally there for that. I think that could be oh, a lot of fun. That 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 could be good. But now now that you bring her up, I would I'd rather her be uh, who is it? Um, Jezebel Jet who seduces Batman in in the Morrison run. Now I I want her oh, to be okay. I want her to play her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, in, in general, I think it looks interesting. Look, here's here's my realization I came to a few weeks ago. So I've been reviewing Adventures of Superman for the site every summer for the last three summers, and it's a bonkers shit show that isn't very good but is a lot of fun. And I've sort of come to the conclusion that I am just not going to like what they do with Batman movies because it's always going to be as dark as possible – and I understand that for a Batman movie to work, it kind of has to be that. Even if I don't, I don't want to accept that. I think I'm starting to accept that. So I'm just not going to like what the Batman movies are going to look like. I think they're always going to be too dark and too brooding for my tastes. Mm -hmm. That said, if they're going to be that way, then I want them to be weird. And yeah. this one looks like it could be weird. It does look like it could be weird. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, is that they just really lean into that. Also, I don't know if you saw that Matt Reeves said. And I, you kind of have to take these kinds of things with a grain of salt anytime the the cast or creators are like, we based it off of this one particular story. But right. the story he cited was Batman Ego, which is that Darwin Cook yes. Batman story that it would I would never expect like a, a director or someone to be like, oh, yeah, this is the – you always expect the long Halloweens or the – Killing jokes. Or the killing yeah. jokes, yeah, Dark Knight. But like Ego, oh, that's interesting. Okay, sure. Um, I want to know what that's about. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like this has the potential to just be grim, dark nonsense, but I'm, I'm a little hopeful that it's going to be maybe something a little bit more substantial. I just want it to be different than, yes. than, you know, the, the Nolan Batman or the, the Affleck Batman, you know, Snyder Batman, whatever. Right. I, I, I just want something different than that. I agree completely. All right, let's move on to the second movie that was discussed. I, I'm just going in the order here, by the way, that that are are really. I have to say, I have to tip our hat to the Multiversity News team, uh, specifically Christopher Chu Tabbitt. He did uh, a great job with the Hall of Heroes fandom rundown 
article we did. So second film uh, in that list is The Suicide Squad. And I think that you and I, I mean, look, for those that don't know, Zach is the world's biggest Guardians of the Galaxy 2 fan. I am, um, that's true. You're, you're, you're a gunhead. And I would, I don't know if I would say I'm a gunhead, but I I do. Oh, you're a gunhead! Come on. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. <laughs> you, you love that movie so much. How do you I do. I, I I well, I love that one movie. I've I've never I like other than Guardians of the Galaxy one. I don't think I've ever seen any other gun movie. So okay, but let's say this: in terms of guns, superhero fare, you're two for two. Yeah, I like it. It's fine. Okay, it's not fine. You love it. <laughs> why are you Why are you downplaying this now? I like it. I do like it. You I, will die I, on the cross of of. Well, I'm downplaying it a little bit because I'm I I'm I think my response to the Suicide Squad thing is going to be a little bit more tepid than you expect. Okay, well, what I was going to say was that this to me looks like exactly what I what I would hope a Suicide Squad movie that isn't going dark would be like i i think that the the initial suicide squad movie that came out god knows how long ago now time is irrelevant um that movie was just like it tried to do a dark suicide squad it didn't work they did the harley quinn movie which i think we both really enjoyed right yeah i, I mean i liked it better than the suicide squad definitely well, yeah. i yeah yeah like it, it was it was a more fun version of that and this seems to be more in line with the harley quinn birds of prey tone than it does the original suicide squad tone it also has batshit villains like polka dot man and P john cena's playing the peacemaker that's the best like i saw that and i just was hooting and hollering that's great <laughs> yeah that's uh, like really peter fantastic. capaldi as the thinker yes. is super good um yeah the, my thing about this is, like, I think that this will be very enjoyable and good. It just, I, you know, it. this is, this is following the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, template, like, to a T, it seems, yes. you know? Yes, yes. Like, from the marketing to even the cast, you know, it, it it's it's a James Gunn production with Michael, Michael Rooker, Rooker yeah. and Sean Gunn. Yeah. Um. So like, I I'm just a little, and the tepidness just kind of comes from, you know, is this going to just be that again? Which, if it is, it'll be very enjoyable and funny, and I will probably like it. Um. And maybe that's the best thing I can actually hope to expect from a Suicide Squad movie, honestly. Well, that's kind of uh, my point with this is that, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that I don't think that most people who who enjoy the comics that we enjoy in the way we enjoy them. That sounds so fucking elitist. I don't mean to sound that way. Sure. But just, sure. Yeah. But I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, I, I think that for for folks like us, a Suicide Squad movie is rarely going to be what, quote, the masses want to see from a Suicide Squad movie. We're not going to get like a Tom Taylor Suicide Squad movie. No, no, we're not. And so this seems like the closest thing that we can get to a Suicide Squad movie that pleases both the uh, both the slobs and the snobs. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and, um, and so that that's why I am positive about it. Yeah, I and like I really. Um, 
generally like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Yes. Um, Vince is going to hear this and call me a simp. He's going to start harassing me on Twitter and sending me stuff about Margot Robbie now. Um, well, we, so, we all know where your heart really belongs, but go yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, but she's, you know, nothing to work with really in, in Suicide Squad and, and more to work with in, in Birds of Prey, but still, um, just as kind of like a Harley Quinn vehicle. It was, it was much better, but still like not exactly where I would want it to go, but I feel like this has a lot of potential. Yes. um, For that like incarnation of the character. Um, And it's also nice that they're not like just completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know, they're, they're, bring they're continuing on you know they have cast members from the original suicide squad too so maybe maybe they will have their chance to shine as well so right yes yeah yeah to me if this is if this is me in a movie theater god hope god help me please be in the movie theater watching this movie like laughing with uh popcorn kernels in my mouth like that's that's the best i can hope for the suicide squad movie if it's yeah. fun and funny, I'm I'm totally on board. Uh, okay, next up is um, the Flashpoint movie, which really all we got was this like teaser image, which is obviously not an actual photo, which is of um, Barry Allen in the Flash suit, and behind him is the Michael Keaton Batman. Mm-hmm. We also found out that Flashpoint um, created the multiverse. It yes. never existed before then as a concept. Which I don't know how that's possible with <laughs> with the Flash. Which was like the the Flash show has Ezra Miller in it. So does this take place <laughs> before that? Well, I, I I think he he was referring to the comic. Oh, is that what he was referring to? I, I think so. Yeah, it's kind of like the quote was like you know Flashpoint the comic really kind of opened the door to the multiverse as a concept. Um, I think it was the quote that I saw a lot of people dunking on. Yeah. Um, which, you know, fine, whatever. Vince was really going off on, on Farmers Only about um, <laughs> about uh, just comic book actors pretending to have read the yes, comics yes. that their stories are based on, yes. um, which is just a very funny idea to me. But... Um, I have no interest in this movie at all um, <laughs> outside of Michael Keaton, outside of seeing Michael Keaton as Batman again. And maybe if they do some cool stuff with that, I will, I will be in for it. Um, but I just, I just cannot see myself being interested in this movie at all, especially My- since Grant, since Grant's not attached anymore. What do yeah. I even care? Yeah, when when Grant Morrison was writing the script and he described it as Back to the Future, that's <laughs> that is my favorite movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would have been absolutely on board with that. Um. Yes. So he, here's what I'll say about this. If I, I get the distinct feeling that this is essentially going to be a Batman Beyond movie, but instead of Terry Barry Allen is the young protege. And interesting. If, if that's yeah. the case, I could be more interested in this than I currently am. But this seems like the worst part of the Snyderverse getting getting picked up instead of them picking up the parts of the Snyderverse like Aquaman or Wonder Woman that worked better. This seems like going mm-hmm. after a part that never really worked that well. 
Yeah, yeah, and I would, oh, I would still, I would be very surprised if like Aquaman and Wonder Woman don't show up in it. It yeah, yeah. would just seem so bizarre since those are like the only parts of the Snyderverse that work. Um, and to be fair, like the, 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 the Flashpoint Shazam. story, yeah, yeah, Shazam too. But the Flashpoint story is all about King Aquaman and Wonder Woman too. Yeah, exactly. So, That's so what like, I mean. Like, yeah, you have to have them as part of this. This it would be bizarre not to. This is essentially a Justice League movie, but under the Flash like uh, heading. Yeah, actually, actually, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna backtrack on everything that I just said. If if it does like have all those characters in it, I I will actually be moderately excited about it okay. with the Michael Keaton Batman and having Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot on board. I, I would be moderately excited about it. Um, you heard it here first. Moderately excited. <laughs> I'll be moderately excited about it. My only thing is, like, Flashpoint is not even 10 years old at this point. And you got, we, got right. we have had an animated adaptation. It was somewhat... It, it was very crucial to the framework of the Flash TV show yes. with the stuff about Barry and his mom. And now it's getting readapted into a, a live action film. So we've had it. We've we've seen an animation. We've seen a version of it on, on television. television now, and now we're seeing it again in a movie. And the, the story is less than 10 years old. I just like. And not that good. <laughs> and it's not that good. Yeah. And so it's just like oversaturation. And so. I. That that's kind of like my biggest qualm with it is just like enough with Flashpoint, um, especially since like yeah, it, there are just like other stories from that time that would be like even better to be adapted, and it's also like the only Flash story that anyone can tell anymore. Yes, you know, yeah. um, which which I don't get either. Um, so that's my biggest frustration with it. That said, like. If, I mean, you have all these pieces in the DC film universe with, with Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Shazam, like, yeah, I, I think it would be cool to get to see those characters doing kind of like an Elseworld style movie. Sure. I'd, I'd be in for that. I, I just don't, I just don't have faith it would be any good. Yeah. I mean, the director is, um... Is it still Andy? What's his name? The guy who did um... Andy uh, Mush Mushietti. Yes, yes, Andy Mushietti, who I think worked on it. Yes, he worked on two... it. Yes. So like, it part one was fantastic, and it part two was a hot mess. So <laughs> it's like a fifty-fifty shot on. On if it's good or not. On on if this movie will be good or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm actually. Just talking it out with you, I'm I'm slightly positive on this movie. Okay. Because we're recording this during our lunch break from work, we have to finish up in like two minutes <laughs> for this. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask for thumbs up or thumbs down in one sentence on each of these next things, okay? Okay. Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods. The the general Shazam stuff announced. Um thumbs up. Agreed. Um Wonder Woman eighty four, trailer number two. Ooh, thumbs down. Thumbs down, specifically the way that Cheetah looks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> Th 
thumb pointed sideways. <laughs> the uh, the hallelujah in the trailer is. I just can't even. This it's... is for grown-ups, though. <laughs> well, Only grown-ups be... appreciate hallelujah. Only grown-ups. My kids hate Leonard Cohen. Um, <laughs> there was a little bit of TV stuff, but nothing all that excited. Titans is going to have Red Hood in it, and Barbara Gordon is going to be commissioner of the GCPD. Um, the Flash trailer for the next season. And then the last thing, two video games, uh, Gotham Knights, which is not in the Arkhamverse. Apparently, no, there was a big discussion on Multiversity Slack this weekend about how it is like too canonically different from those books. So it's those those games rather. So it's like an Elseworlds within the Arkhamverse. Okay, that's weird because the other game we're going to talk about I saw is canonical. Yes, it is. It is. Yes. Um, So Gotham Knights first. Yay, nay. I'm not a gamer. I I, don't care. I don't care. I, I don't love the the. Rocksteady, WB, um, Batman games very much. Um, so, and, and this style of game that it's going for is just like something I don't like have the time or energy to yeah. get into right now. Understood. Um, so is, yeah. is that your same feeling with Justice League versus Suicide Squad? Um, or sorry, me, Suicide okay. Squad killed the Justice League. I was talking about uh, that, that crossover that Josh Williamson did. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they're both going for like multiplayer co-op heavy storylines. I think um, like Gotham Knights is more of like an action RPG with like big right, right. co-op elements. And then Suicide Squad is kind of a, an action shooter type thing. Um, and it's really weird because they are, I didn't watch either of the trailers yet because they were, they were both like, five or six four, minutes long they're both four yeah. minutes long and i, yeah, I will never long. get those eight minutes of my life back yeah so like i haven't watched them yet but they seem really like the same game but one is like a third person action game and uh, the other one is like a a shooter that I, I don't know if it's a first person or a third person shooter but they seem very similar they do except that only one of them has evil superman and I believe we have officially reached our limit on evil superman once again oh my gosh yeah no so that uh, that yeah. that that's our take on Fandom Day One. I guess we'll do another one of these in September for the next Fandom. Um, I don't think we had too much more. I think we talked about all the really interesting stuff. So I'm sorry we had to cut this short, everybody, but uh, gotta pay them bills. So uh, he's on Twitter at Wilker Fox. I'm at Brian Needs a Nap. We'll be back on Wednesday with our uh, Identity Crisis episode. So mm-hmm. strap in for that. And then next week we're gonna have our new comics roundup. So that's super exciting as well. So uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.